everybody this is Paige and this is Maureen and we are once upon a binge welcome to our first official episode Woo! yes not the first one we recorded but the first one we're posting let's just pretend okay <laughs> it hasn't been like months and months of recording no not at all so this first season of a podcast we're going to be talking about the hunger games which is a series we both read before and we've both seen the movie version so we're coming in not fresh as a daisy but like with some distance i would say Yes, definitely. And so we'll be doing episodes, um, if you haven't heard our intro episode, we'll be doing a book episode for each of the books in the series, and we'll be doing an episode for each of the movies, all leading up to the release of the new book that is coming out this year in May, I think. What is it called? It's a really bizarre name. Let me look it up. All I know is it has, like, birds and ballads and snakes. Songbirds? Yes, I think it's a ballad of... Songbirds and snakes. Snakes and songbirds. We do no research leading into these episodes in case you didn't notice. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Very bizarre name, considering every other title is like either three words or less. It's a choice and we're living with it. Do you want to start by like telling everybody what the first book is about if they have somehow been living under a rock for the past decade? So The Hunger Games is about a girl named Katniss. We are viewing the whole book from her point of view and in this world she lives in it's post-apocalyptic she lives in district 12 which is one of the 12 districts that are managed by the capital basically a long time ago they tried to rise up and rebel against the capital and they failed so the way they keep everybody in line is the hunger games so every boy and girl gets their name put in two different giant fish bowl kind of things every year and they pick one name out at random. This year, Katniss's younger sister's name gets picked, so she volunteers as tribute to go in place of her sister and ends up in The Hunger Games with a boy named Peta who maybe <laughs> likes her a little bit, but she doesn't know. So it's really about her journey through the games and figuring out how she's going to play the game and strategy and all of that, and really about a lot of anti-government, anti-war sentiments. It's funny how, like, it was such a popular series, and now everybody our age is very much like rah rah eat the rich. <laughs> it's like, was it the Hunger Games that was an influence? Sort of like, they always talk about how Harry Potter made the generation, like, more empathetic. I feel like this series made our generation question the government. <laughs> Truly. It was like, wow, this whole government is really bad in this book the whole time. It is very like, let's beat people when they're down and make sure that we control literally everything. And it's also commentary on people who live in this capital and watch the games and they're watching kids literally die and they're like this is our entertainment mm -hmm. it made me feel very gross because like i just finished binging the circle sure there's no like death or anything but it's kind of gross how we can modify just people existing now yeah so yeah that really i feel like i had a very different experience reading it now at my age because like i understand all like the commentary on like classism and how certain like systems keep people down and keep them poor and keep them struggling compared to like the way they were describing districts 11 and 12 in the book versus like districts 1 to 4 which get more food, get training, and that's why they always win the Hunger Games, etc. And it's like a perpetual cycle. So I feel like I got a deeper read this time around than I did when I was 16 and I first read the series. Oh, for sure. So jumping off of that, what was your read like this time? Because you read it four years ago, right? Like the entire series again. Yeah. So how did it compare? It was really good. I think that I agree with you in that I feel like I can pick up on stuff a lot more, and especially the state that the United States of America is in right now. I feel mm. like there's a lot of 
not parallels, but like things that you can really pick up on that are commentary on world goings on that are kind of evergreen a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think I understand a lot more of that very subtle commentary because when I read it when I was younger, I was very much in it for the characters and like you understand why things are wrong and you're like, the capital is bad, but you don't necessarily see the parallels of the capital to the rich, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I feel like also it made me think of like all the natural disasters that happen. So like say the hurricanes that happened last year or the fires this year and how we sort of like capitalize on other people's suffering to make ourselves feel better by being like, oh, look, this is happening and I'm acknowledging that it's happening. And I sort of feel like that was happening with the Hunger Games where they sort of like are mystified by the violence. Yeah, for sure. It's still so relevant now, even though it was written so long ago. It's just, it's kind of depressing to think about. Yeah, but it's still really good to see a series that's so popular be so good in that kind of commentary. And that's a young adult series that's for kids, essentially, that can grow up understanding and seeing some of that that can hopefully make them more empathetic to other people. Yeah, 100%. Were you Team Peta or Team Gale way back? And like, has that changed for you at all? This is a very touchy subject for me. <laughs> because even when I started this book, like when I was 16, I was firmly Team Gale. I am friends to lovers, 100%, even more than like fake relationship, which I can appreciate. I love friends to lovers. So I was like, oh my god, Gail has like always been there for her. She has complicated feelings for him or whatever. Then I watched the movies and then I'm very team Peter from that. So reading this, I started off being like, oh, I understand why I would ship Katniss with Gail because it felt like they had a com- more complex relationship from the start. So there's like more to grab onto there when you're like shipping. But Peter is just the softest, sweetest. Such a pure soul. Purest human. It made me cry thinking like how unrealistic it is to find a boy like that in this day and age in 2020. (laughs) I was crying like this is so sweet. I will never find this. So yeah, I'm firmly Team PETA, like 100% this time. Yeah, I was hardcore Team PETA the whole way. (laughs) It's also different, like, reading this, knowing the knowledge that you have of Mm. Gale in later books and some of the choices and decisions he makes. Very true. That you're like, oh, that wouldn't be a good fit. But it's really interesting, like, seeing how PETA is, like, all in for Katniss. Like, Mm -hmm. full in has had this crush on her forever. I realized that I, we didn't oh. do a spoiler warning at the beginning of this. I mean, I, I would, assume if you're here. <laughs> I would assume if you're here, you know that there's going to be spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, he's just such a pure soul. And oh. I am a very friends to lovers like person. That's my ultimate number one trope because it's something I wish would happen in my life and is never going to happen. I think it was just how soft PETA was because I am not mm. a bad boy lover. I'm not. <laughs> if any fiction, I don't like the villains. I don't like the bad boys. I only like the good ones. I love the pure souls and that's firmly where PETA is and like how literally every decision that he makes is aimed toward Katniss. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. literally everything. And she's, like, over here strategizing, like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do? What does this mean? How is PETA playing the game? And PETA's just like, I just love you. That's it. I'm not playing the game. <laughs> and she literally doesn't uh, get it. Which, I mean, it makes sense. Like, honestly, yeah. you want to be like, Katniss, you're such an idiot. But she's not at all. Like, when you think about the context of where she's living and how she's 
playing the game and like what she's trying to do to survive like it makes sense that that's where her brain is and it's not like Mm -hmm. she doesn't think the best of people and she has no reason to and also like i feel like her entire life has been struggle it's been about a survival so like the idea of like love and being and having crushes and getting in relationships is so far from her mind yeah that i feel like that was like the biggest thing i noticed in the book like the relationship stuff was there but it wasn't the forefront it wasn't everything like no. it was in the movies because in the movies it very much like amped up that team Peta, team gail but in the book it was like her struggling to even fathom like what is happening i don't understand the feelings i'm having for either of these people yeah and i feel like it changed for me now because i un- like i can appreciate more what Peta's doing in the book when i was younger i was always like oh he's so soft like ew like i like gail because he's strong he's against the capital from the beginning but now I'm like, oh, Peter's just like, he's the perfect human. Please send him my way. Thanks. <laughs> he really is the perfect human. Bless his soul. Ugh. I never realized that he had thought Katniss actually loved him until I was rereading it just now, oh, like no. minutes ago. And I was like, oh my God, he actually thought she was being serious this entire time. And I started crying. He's so pure. And he's just like, Ugh. and you can see him like understand and then be like, okay, well, I guess this is what I have to do. Also, obviously I was typing these characters on the Enneagram. While I was reading. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to do that when I was reading. I've always been thinking that Peta is a two, and I really still, like, I'm pretty, like, yeah. in that camp of Peta being a two. I had said Katniss was a nine, but I think she's an eight-wing nine, but has a very mm. strong nine-wing. It's all, like, informed by her growing up, and she doesn't want to be vulnerable. She doesn't want to be, like, subject to anybody's whims. She wants to do everything on her own. She's very rebellious, especially, like, with the berries and eating them and all of that jazz. Yes. Um, But she does a lot of that, like, strategizing, and she just doesn't understand how Peta could even love her, which is a Mm -hmm. very, like, eights don't necessarily process emotion the same way as everybody else. Eights and fives process emotion very differently than the other numbers. But she really wants peace, and that's a very big goal of hers. Like, especially in later books, she just wants to, like, survive and make it through and, like, live in peace. So I feel like she's an eight-wing nine. And I feel like she's also living in her... I think eights go to five in stress. Okay, And I feel like she lives in that a lot. Also, if you don't know what the Enneagram is, just go take the test. It's great. I love the Enneagram. (laughs) She'll leave a a link somewhere for you to... (laughs) Yeah, go take the test. I have a whole Disney Enneagram Instagram account, so this is part of my life. I love the Enneagram. (laughs) Something you don't get in the movies because it's all in Katniss's head in the books is like mm-hmm. her like understanding what Haymitch is saying with like different things he sends of like yeah. how he withholds water because she's like he would only be withholding it if he knew I was close mm-hmm. and like she understands that and how like smart she is in that but like we don't really get that in the movies because you can't yeah and I feel like another difference I noticed from like what I remembered of the movies because I haven't watched them in a while is like I just remember Katniss being played very like stoic very cold very always against the capital from the beginning but I feel like in the book it's not until Rue's death spoiler that (laughs) that she actually is like no you know what fuck the capital I hate them like what are they doing like before then it's just about survival it's just about getting back to prim it's just about doing what she can like she notices some things are wrong but she's not about to fight the system until that moment yeah I think so I feel like that's a huge difference Mm-hmm. And also, I felt she was softer in the book. Like, not in a bad way, but I felt like she had more emotion. Like, there's moments where she cries, and there's moments where she's actually vulnerable. And I think, like you said, it's because we're in her head. So yeah. she doesn't show it outside. 
because she's trying to be still yeah yeah oh i can definitely see that like i think there's a lot of that in the book of like she talks about like i can't show how i'm actually feeling because i know that there are cameras around and that will change Mm -hmm. how people view me she's feeling that inside but she's like i can't show it i can't show it i can't show it and so that's how it got played in the movie i'm sure Mm -hmm. yeah like that was the one thing where i was like oh it's a shame that they, they couldn't find a way to do that but there's only so much you can do yeah with a visual medium oh i have a good question for you okay Madge, the mayor's daughter, she isn't in the movies at all, but she's a pretty, I want to say, insignificant secondary character based on where she goes. Mm -hmm. She gives Katniss the Mockingjay pin, and she is mentioned to be very urgent when she's giving it. Like, she gives it with purpose, and she's like, you need to wear this, promise me you'll wear this. Do we think she was a rebel character? I don't remember where her character goes, so. I can't remember either. Yeah. But I just feel like, like, that was such an interesting choice Because obviously she's the mayor's daughter, so she kind of knows what's happening and knows different things. Mm -hmm. And she specifically gives her the Mockingjay pin, and literally Katniss has zero idea what a Mockingjay is until Rue explains it to her, like, later on. And she's like, oh, it's like a throwback of, like, ha-ha, capital, look at you. Mm -hmm. You made this mistake. But, like, she does not get that at all all until much much later but madge so much like wants her to take that like please take this make this your token make this your token it's like well what was madge trying to do with that like i'm just i i feel like people didn't necessarily like know katniss but i feel like madge knew her enough to be like she could win this and Mm -hmm. i want her to have this i want a headcanon that like she is a rebel and is like wanting to like kind of kick it to the capital Mm-hmm. it's sort of like interesting too because I just realized like the third book is called Mockingjay obviously mm-hmm. and Katniss sort of becomes the Mockingjay that's why it's her symbol like that's why they call her that later on it's because she does laugh in the capital's face at the end yeah of the book when she does the berries so uh that's like the perfect segue into the writing style of this author which I think is masterful everything she writes has a purpose like it's there's so no good. moment it's like she takes and strips every single piece of this story and finds a way to weave it in later. And there were so many moments where I was writing down, like, I hate this author because her writing is amazing. Who can ever live up to this? Like what? Give me, I want a, an example. Hold on, let me, like, look for this. Because I was writing everything down. Um, well, she's great at info dumping because there's always a reason behind it. So in the beginning when we we get the, like, bread story with PETA, it's showing us not only that Peta is kind and building a character for him that we'll rely on later on in the series, but it's also showing, like, the disadvantages and the class differences between the haves and haves-nots in District 12 alone without having to info-dump and be like, oh, there's rich people and there's poor people. So, like, she world-builds within her, like, flashbacks as well as builds character, and it's just beautiful, and I love it so much. And I feel like that's even a setup for later how showing how like Katniss views people who live in the city as like the be all end all. But then Peter talks about how they only ate like the stale bread. They only ate the stuff that people didn't want. They didn't eat like so, so well. And it is reframing Katniss's thinking of how she views people even in her own district. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's info dumping, but it doesn't feel info dumpy. It feels Mm -hmm. very like part of the story like yeah and like the way that like Peta's family was baker like they were bakers so he's good at camouflage and that comes into play later on that he saves himself so like all even the little details like what job each person has and how that affects them in the story it was just i love susan she's so so good 
one more thing on the Madge thing that I thought about mm-hmm. just now. I wonder if, like, her dad was in cahoots with District 13 at all. Because they're close to District 13. They're the closest to them, right? Yeah. I, I feel think. like if he knew it happened, like, if he knew something was going on there, he turned a blind eye. Because, like, Katniss said later in the book when she was talking to Rue and found out, like, the um, peacekeepers killed a lot of people from trivial things in 11, but not in 12. Like, she mm-hmm. got away with doing illegal stuff, and the mayor, like, sort of took part in it. So I feel like he's the kind of mayor that would just, like, oh, it's not a pro- it's not causing me a problem, it's not going to be a problem for me, I'm not going to do anything about it, like, even if he knew. Because yeah. I don't think he's, like, the kind of person to, like, actively seek dissent, but he would turn a blind eye to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're very, like, lax and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, it's really interesting. Like, I want to know how much she wrote of the series before she published the first book. Because, like, she makes a big, big deal of talking about how there's the electric fence and they turn off the electricity so that Katniss can go there. And she says it, like, multiple, multiple times and repeats that, which I know, I think it's Catching Fire where it comes to play where they turn the electricity back on when they start cracking down in District 12. Mm. And they, like, like she makes a big point of, like, repeating that so that's something you remember and then, like, will turn it on its head in the next book. Oh, and something I was thinking of, like, we're talking about, um, like, how much she's written. So, rereading this, I kept, like, trying to think, like, oh, is this going to come to play in the new book that's coming out? So, when Katniss is, um, waiting to, like, meet her family and stuff like that, um, right after she gets picked and that ceremony is over, she's like, oh, there's peacekeepers, like, guarding the door. I wonder if, um, any tributes from before have tried to escape. And I felt like that was both calling out to what happens at the end of Catching Fire when they escape from the arena, mm-hmm. but also, like, are we going to see something like that in the new book where somebody tries to escape and that's when they decide they need to have peacekeepers? Yeah. Because there's so many little things that you can tie back in that would be so satisfying. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the little things. Oh, yeah. And I feel like the Avox girl is another one of those, like, small things of, like, you know Katniss witnessed something happen with the Capitol and, like, realizing what the consequence was of running away. And that's mm-hmm. also, like, isn't that a play to potentially District 13? Because I know she talks about how, like, they look like they're from the Capitol and they, like, don't dress like District 12. But Yeah, they were been... definitely running to District 13, like, for sure. Yeah, and so, like, they were trying to all escape. these breadcrumbs of stuff that you're like, wow, this all comes to play later. Like the mention of Joanna. <laughs> oh yeah, I would. I remember whenever I was like, I was like Joanna. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we know you. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about Catching Fire. Catching Fire oh, is one be of so my good. favorite books <laughs> because I had such an emotional, visceral reaction to it. It's like up there in my favorites, even though it made me so angry when I read it. Um. So you know how we were talking about how like Hunger Games is the first white dystopian sort of, like, talk about that in Twilight, how they came over in the same time, that kind of stuff. There's one scene that really made me think of Twilight in this book. Can you guess? Is it the cave scene? Yes. <laughs> the cave 100%. with the sleeping bag I wrote down. Um, for some reason, this sleeping bag situation reminds me of Eclipse. Early 2000s why I really like this trope, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the romance one-bed trope. I know. Oh, it is. It's like the teen YA 2000s version of it. The more like okay version of it. Yeah. No She's like, I'm things. cold. I'm gonna like warm up with him. And I'm like, this is Jacob and Bella. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Triggered. Oh man. I cannot believe that Pia freaking survived. I, how, okay. 
question <laughs> about the logic. <laughs> so, yeah, he had blood poisoning. Cool. So he got the needle in his arm. Here's the blood poisoning. But what about the wound itself? How was he walking around? How did he climb he up the cornucopia? He barely walked around, remember? Well, I mean, like, Katniss talked about how he, like, was, like, lumbering. And, like, yeah, but, like, through. I feel like if it was cut down to the bone, he shouldn't fucking be moving at all. No. He shouldn't be running from those hound things. Maybe the, or mutts. Maybe they have better medicine there. Maybe. Maybe well, it, like, he sold barely him made it from the mutts. Barely, barely, because he was so slow. It's true. Um, that entire, but, oh. That whole scene. <laughs> ugh. They do that in the movie, right? Yes. They, uh-huh. Like, I feel the movie did the mutts so well. Because I remember being in the theater the first time I watched it and being like, holy shit, this turned out so well. It gives me chills, like, thinking Mm -hmm. about that. Not the scene. Well, I mean, like, the scene in general, but, like, thinking about living in that potentially, like, oh, that gives me, like, chills. Oh, it's so... Like, the fact that even in death, they co-opted their bodies to work for... I don't like it. The Hunger Games. Um, it's disgusting. It's, oh, the first time I've ever been angry at a government <laughs> was when I was 16 years old reading this book. Uh, Wild. Yeah, I also just love how Cinna was obviously, like, oh, Cinna. Cinna, R.I.P. <laughs> That's a new spoiler. No. <laughs> We're not, not even at that book yet. <laughs> but, like, he was here for the rebellion. Like, he oh, was, yeah. like, like, you know, because it was his first year, so he was potentially, like, a plant. But he was like, I'm going to, like, show the capital. And, like, all the different choices he made, like, the part mm-hmm. at the end where they were talking about how they were making Katniss innocent. Yeah. Also, like, that that brings me to when she tells Peta, like, yeah, we were, like, playing it, but Hamish didn't tell you because you're too smart. And it's not the case. It's just because he's in love. It's not, he's not smart. He's just, like, in love with Katniss. Okay. I've cried so much during this book. Guys, I don't know why I cried. <laughs> I cried, too. I did. Yeah, I would be on the streetcar, and I would be, like, trying not to cry. I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't cry right now. I'm in public. Ah, what's happening? First, when she volunteers as tribute, I cried. When Prim is like, you have to survive for me, I cried. <laughs> When Cinna is, like, just being a generally nice person and he sends her up and he tells her, like, she has a chance and he's there for her as a friend, I cried. <laughs> and then just from whenever they're in the arena. But, like, I feel the reason I, like, was so emotional is because I have all the contacts now for everything. Yeah. So, like, all the moments are, like, that much, like, more bittersweet than they were the first time I read it. And also Lenny Kravitz. Like, uh, Lenny Kravitz! The only Cinna we need in this world. Truly. I feel like I cried and I also had to, like, stop and literally, like, squee because of how cute PETA was multiple oh, times. Peta. I was like, oh my god! I can't. What was the um, one line that we both were like, oh my god? What did I say to you? Let me look at our text. It was something that he said. And I was like, oh my god. When I read it, I was like, ah, this is so cute. PETA has a lot of good lines. Also, PETA is a lot more, like, charming. He <laughs> in is. In the books. I said, his dad coming to see Katniss and bringing her the cookies. Okay, did his dad know that, like, was Peter planning from the beginning to just sacrifice himself for Katniss? And did his dad know? Or did his dad just go because, like, Katniss is his first true love's daughter? I think his dad probably knew how he felt about Katniss. Yeah. And he said that he liked them because he would eat the squirrel. Mm-hmm. This one, it was the, she has no idea the effect she can have. Yes! Oh my god, I couldn't even hold it in. That is such a good Like, line. literally, Katniss... Again, she's such think, an idiot. 
but you understand why she's an idiot. She has no reason to yeah. trust anybody. But you're also like, girl, excuse, listen. I think that I also cried at that point because I was like, there's never going to be a man that lives up to PETA. <laughs> PETA! Oh, that line is so iconic. I cannot. Uh... I also like how Suzanne Collins, this is like, not really related, but kind of. She brings a lot of things around of like, hey, Mitch is a drunk and he's just like such... He just, like, doesn't care, and then, like, they stand up to him, and they're like, hey, we want to work on this, and Katniss doesn't like Haymitch, but I can't remember when it is, but she's thinking about, like, wow, I mean, I guess, like, if I had to watch Tributes die mm-hmm. from my district year after year, and I was their only coach, and they died every single time, like, I guess, like, that would mentally affect me, too, and you can see her, like, changing her perspective, and I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I think that happen- That happens, like, when she realizes the code that Hamish has when he sends the broth after they have their kiss. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, I understand how he thinks. And then she sort of is like, oh, maybe he realizes that we're, like, smart enough to catch on to this kind of stuff. And that's why he's, yeah. like, sober and helping. Oh. So good. I'm sure we can talk about casting in the movie. Oh, oh. I cannot wait to get to that. Uh, <laughs> let's just say, when I first read this at 16, there was no diversity in YA. So the fact that her dad was described as having tan skin, dark hair, her mom was described as being pale with blonde hair, I very much thought she was biracial. So when oh, for sure. this very pale actress was casted, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's all I will say. <laughs> we'll talk about it more, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> I definitely think, oh man, some of this casting was like so perfect. I mean, like, I definitely agree. I don't think it should have been Jayla. I think she plays it very well. Like, I think she yeah, does a like, good job well acting, with, but yeah. I don't think it was necessarily the right choice. I think Peta was perfect. Gail mm-hmm. was perfect. Yeah. Also, her mom, I feel like, really yes. embodies her mom. And I'm, like, thinking back to the scene from the movie that's really, like, just mentioned in the book of, like, her mom, like, getting so depressed that she, like, can't do anything Mm-hmm. And Katniss, like, screaming at her. Oh, it's so good. I love that. Uh, I cannot wait for the movie. I'm just so... <laughs> I'm so glad we have this series as, like, yeah. great books and great movie adaptations as well. I mean, I know they have, like, some of their issues, but, like, comparatively, they are very good. Yeah, it's, like, good to know, like, they stood the test of time. Like, one thing I read when I was a teenager is actually good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no. There's so much. There's one series I really loved and I reread it and I was like, um, this is very poorly written. And then I also like rereading it, like figured out that there, I think I put it in like one of my early booktube videos as an underrated series. And I'm like, no, no, it's bad. (laughs) I have the perfect question for us to end this episode on, I think. Do you think that you would survive the Hunger Games, Maureen? A hundred percent no. I have no <laughs> okay, skills same. in that area. <laughs> I'm like, I could probably, like, talk th- with the best of them. I could, like, be charming, but I have no marketable skills, like, in terms of, like, I can't climb trees super well. I can't shoot mm. an arrow. I don't have any kind of hand-to-hand combat skills. I'm not good. I could maybe be, like, a fox face, potentially. <laughs> Considering the fact that I literally just told you that I hurt my knee by just crossing <laughs> my legs at work, I would not survive. <laughs> not at all. I don't think there's out. many of us that would survive the Hunger Games. Let's be real. It's true. We live cushy I feel like lives. I need to start hitting the gym. <laughs> I love these books. They're so good on reread. I want my children that are old enough to know about war and 
be okay hearing reading about people dying very gruesome deaths like kato's death oh my god um the oh my god the part where she's like this piece of like raw meat that used to be kato makes a noise and that's how i know where his mouth is excuse me (laughs) it's very vivid in my brain because i just read this like an hour ago but yeah oh the one thing i wanted to bring up there's like one gripe i have with this book yes the fact that both characters of color Mm-hmm. aka rue and threat thrush 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 they both act in service to katniss and then they both die definitely an issue to like further her plot that's like the one thing where i was like okay this was written in the early 2000s and you can tell everything else was great that part i was like god damn <laughs> one thing yeah it's uh. not good mm-hmm. yeah that was like the one problem i had like otherwise i love this book and like it's one of those things where like I can overlook it because there's been so much, like, diverse YA books since then that I can find myself in. So it isn't yeah. as, like, annoying now. But it's still like, oh, Suzanne, you yeah. gotta do better in your next book. <laughs> For sure. And I think it's also, like, the, there's a lot of issues with, like, that. But it did really well in some of the other stuff of, like, are most of the capital people white? Because I feel like they were, like, a little bit more diverse in the movie, but I feel like... No, the movie did it... really well with diversity. I remember, like, thinking, yeah. oh, I like the movie because they actually made not everybody white. Yeah. And de- obviously, Cinna was not. But yeah, I feel that like was... some of Chef's the, kiss. like, bigger, like, big bads are mm-hmm. all white. Like, President yeah. Snow. And so I'm like, that I can appreciate of, like, talking mm-hmm. about how the people in power... Not, like, talking about it, but, like... The people in power are all, like, white dudes. Yeah. And also, can we discuss how, when the movie came out, this is, like, totally, probably just movie discussion, but after reading the book, Rue is very much black. Like, how did anybody not... Did people complain about that? People were like, why is this little girl black? And I'm like, because in the books, she's black. What are you talking about? Yeah, people were very, very upset when um, Amanda got cast. And it's like in the book, it talks about how she has dark skin, how her hair is dark and thick when Katniss is pushing it back and when she's dying. Like, I don't understand how any of you missed this, but it's because yeah. like when people were reading, they're used to reading like white characters. So obviously yeah. they overlooked. But yeah, reading that. I wonder like... also how purposeful of a choice it was to make District 11. Like, I think pretty, it sounded like pretty much everybody in District 11. Was yeah. Black. And they were But all... also they were like, they were the people that pick crops. So yeah. like, that's another questionable <laughs> It's questionable of, like, was this a choice that you made that was racist or was it to comment on To, like, exactly. But also (laughs) be racist. Very good point. Like, it's like, did you do this consciously or unconsciously? Because different results, different thoughts. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Well, I think we can end here with our book discussion. I feel like we could discuss all day about Hunger Games because it's so good. And there's a lot I'm so excited to watch the movie. Same. I'm so, so excited. And then hopefully we'll just like blaze through all these books and record all our episodes. And then we can start putting them out and yes. actually do the things. Oh my god, yes. We have to get these out before the new book. We gotta. We can do we this. We have to. I believe in us. Well, thanks for listening. You can find us all over the internets. My name is Maureen. You can find me at Maureen Kiwi basically everywhere. And me, Paige, you can find me everywhere um, under the name Minimal Bookie. Hopefully you'll hear more from us. And I hope that you like (laughs) this episode. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.